Hello and welcome to another edition of the North Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Chicago Fire Editor for Hot Time and Old Time Rubin Joining me, as always, is my co-host, RJ. RJ, how are you on this Tuesday morning? Pretty good. Yourself? Um, are I've you been enjoying pleasant. the snow? Well, it's not really no. snow, but... No, I'm not. I'm sort of... I'm done with the snow. Like, it came down yesterday morning... Uh, yesterday being Monday, as we recorded this on the Tuesday morning. Uh, it came down yesterday, and it's sort of coming down today, but it's not sticking, so it's not like it's real snow. Or... I, I always get excited for the first 30 seconds, and then after that, subdues. And, um, and you remember okay. you have to shovel. Yeah. When it finally sticks. Luckily, I think... It's still a bit too warm for the snow to stick. Uh, so, speaking of things not sticking, Chicago Fire leads don't seem to be sticking at the moment. They fall uh, two to two, which I guess isn't technically falling because that falling implies a loss. But they were up two to one, and then for they blow it. For but um, and then be- they blow before it. we get technical, I, I do want to say yeah. that. That game is probably I enjoyed the most so far this season. It was extremely MLS, wasn't it? It was. That's why I, that's, I mean, that's why I love it. Um, I I think it's the first game since normal MLS pre-COVID where I didn't want to fall asleep. Even during the game where they blew up uh, FC Cincinnati, like that game was pretty entertaining start to finish. It was, but, but, but there, there's something always about the fire against, you know, East Coast rivals that seem to entertain. Oh, with an exception of that, you know, horror DC United game. Um, right. A lot of the games, you know, with the fire, you know, with the revs, the Red Bulls, and the crew, um, they've always been entertaining to an extent. So. That's fair. Um, it, it, it wasn't just that either. Just the game was very fast. Neither team really passed the ball well. So you sort of had the angle of... Uh, you sort of had the angle of the game being back and forth like if you're looking at passing accuracy stats which I am uh, the fire passed the ball at a 73% success rate and the Red Bulls only managed to string together a couple of passes Uh, they had a 65% pass rate Uh, and they also had something like 100 less passes than the fire did so not only did they not pass the ball particularly well they also passed it fewer times so it was easier to see when um, things sort of blew up uh, for the Red Bulls offense and yet they managed to score a goal uh, at the end there that 
was extremely unlucky. Um, and I don't know. I've been thinking about this for you know the last couple of days, sort of digesting this match, and I find myself thinking that this has to be the most unlucky team in Chicago Fire Club history. I don't know if I remember a time where a team got so many bad breaks like this fire team does. Uh, I'm including strange VAR decisions in that as well. So that's a, a, a bit of a different dimension. So for that last goal, I'm going to blame it on the wind. Um, and for the unlucky part, I do think if you include 2019, these two seasons have been extremely unlucky. Um, more so this season. I think with last season, um, Onovich was just imploding at certain moments. But sure. Uh, but you know there were a, there were a lot of games where you know the, the Fire should have won, and same with this season as well. But I think, and I'm being I'm being you know extremely uh optimistic around this time or with this game but it actually shows that the fire could hold up against you know the more better teams out in the league they're they're just not as you know they're not bump slayers they're not you know farmer destroyers they can actually you know hold up and you know despite the draw I'm, i'm happy with that draw I mean, yeah, they, you know, Fire could have won, but, you know, say Levy. But, I, I mean, at the same time, though, you, you've got to be able to win these games. I don't know if they're not good enough or they're just not ready to have this kind of responsibility foisted upon them. Um, but but you have to win these games. These are These are games where... You're up after the 90-minute mark, and you've got to get three points, especially now when it's so incredibly easy to make the playoffs, and you're teetering on the line of not making the playoffs, and you're playing against a team with a interim manager who their team has sort of fallen off a cliff a little bit, with injuries and you know just general play you got to win these games but you know they have death they they still have an identity where the fire you know they're still looking for their identity well this season the fire's identity is can't win soccer games like they're just unless they're playing like a bottom 5 bottom 10 team they can't win. And that's unfortunate considering that the uh, schedule they have to go up, which we will get to in the second half of the show. Um, can we talk about Shamasov Frankowski and how bad he was and yet he scored a goal anyway? Which I don't know if that's something praiseworthy or not. You'll have to check me on that. But leading up to that sequence of him scoring, he had a passage of play where he gave the ball away three separate times in a single passage of play because the Fire's 
like Ignacio Alaceda and Fabian Herbers and stuff kept winning the ball back and giving the ball to him and he kept giving it away. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a more inept passage of play. And then two minutes later, he scores a goal that it, it was it, I, sure it was just a tap in. And it was worked very well by literally everybody else. Um, Robert Barrett put in a great ball. Um, it was a great stop uh, on a headed shot uh, by uh, Ryan Mara. And uh, the ball fell to Frankowski and he put the ball in. But he, until he scored that goal in the right place at the right time, he was absolutely dreadful. Yeah, I I agree with you, and you know, I'm happy for him. But anyone could score that tap in that he did. Right. Um, if if it wasn't him, it you know it would have been Herbers. Sure. Um, I believe. I I think. Yeah, he did. He did a header before then. I recall, but um, yeah, he was dreadful. I he's been dreadful this whole season. Yeah, he had um, that header that like he hit over the bar that he should have scored on. Um, there was also the shot that he put wide that he didn't need to because he had beaten the goalkeeper in the first half. He had one of those. It was just bad. Yeah, with 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 Frankowski though, um, you know, earlier this season, I, I I was thinking, you know, like Herbers, I think the team just needs to find a perfect spot for him. But Frankowski has been all over, you know, the team, and he still doesn't have it. So there must be maybe you know, a loss of confidence, or maybe he's just not good enough. Or maybe is, he's just not good enough under Wiki's system. I don't, he, I don't know. he thrived under Ponovich, so that's true. He was very good under Ponovich. Maybe it is the system because we know and and we've seen. And I've sort of always figured that that the more um, through the middle approach that the Fire have to attack has been a personnel problem, but maybe it's. That's how he wants to play, so he's putting the personnel in the game that will play that way, as opposed to playing with a winger, which is something that we haven't seen in this organization, I don't think, ever. The Fire's always been a sort of get the ball wide to your um, wingers, who are generally your your better players, uh, and and then go from there with either, you know, uh, Shergill McDonald or Brian McBride or Chris Rolf up top, uh, and have the attack come outside in. Where now we're starting to see a more inside out approach, which you know is what you see a lot in European leagues, but not so much in MLS. Uh, which does make sense with the personnel they have. Um, but it's also not exactly how the game in the United States is played. So it's a bit, you know, different. And 
I always say I want to see the ball pushed out wide more, but maybe that's just because of, of what I'm used to seeing. If that makes any sense. So I think that maybe Frankowski just doesn't fit with the way the team wants to play. And I think you're right. Um, and that's something that has to be figured out. But the other the other side to that coin is that he just can't execute. Which maybe it is a a personal thing and not a system thing is that he's just flat out unable to finish off easy chances that are created for him. You know, he's mediocre at times, but I think it's a system thing. Um, And I think that wiki, since he expressed interest in, you know, retaining Winkowski, you know, um, earlier, I think a few weeks ago, there were transfer rumors that Ponovich wanted him back. And um, Vicky said that, you know, the fire, they don't have any plans in, in getting rid of him. I, I think that it is a system thing. And I think once Wiki does figure out what to do with his team, then Frankowski will hopefully thrive. Um, not to say, though, that, yeah. you know, he hasn't been mediocre. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other stuff from the Red Bulls game. I also don't think Barrich had a particularly good night. He did score the goal and got the hot time man of the match award. Um, but I don't think he had a particularly good game. He's both so... for tappins, right? Like so. When I'm watching a fire game now, I'm sort of maybe a bit harsh on Barrett at, at times, but I don't like when he goes out wide and he, you starting to see he, he, there are points in the game where he gets frustrated with whatever and, and goes out to chase the game and he needs to stop doing that. I think you're, I think your criticism is is perfectly valid with Barrage, and um, I, I do think the Fire should play with two up front, so Barrage doesn't have to do that. Um, there's a lot that you know that Barrage sure. handed. Uh, I've I've always you know propagated that you know it should be Sapong and Barrage up front. Um, yeah, but. If you play two up top, you top. You can't play with their central midfield three. Which, the more I see of them, and especially with uh, Jimenez coming back for presumably Wednesday's game, he'll be ready. Oh, I forgot about Wednesday against the Union, right? Yeah, against Philadelphia. That's the that is one of the best midfield trios in the league. And it's the fire's biggest strength. So by playing two up top, you sort of take away the thing that's made the fire really good this season. And I'm not willing to sacrifice that to make sure Robert Barrich is comfortable staying in the center of the game or the center of the field when the fire are on attack. Um, 
I'm just not willing to sacrifice the best thing on the club for to make Robert Barrage feel comfortable. He's just gonna have to. I think it be would be more cool patient. Keep that three though. You would. Hold on, I'm just trying to figure, like, just map this out in my head. But you could keep that three with the two. Well, you would, because you can't play Jimenez, Madron, and Herbers in a triangle, which is what really is the Fire's biggest success. Um, It would just have to be five in the back, or... Oh, right, unless you play three at the back, and we've seen how disastrous that has been. Like this team cannot play three at the back; it's it's just incapable of doing it. I think against you know the minnow teams they could, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, but you don't have any minnow teams on the schedule. <laughs> is the other thing yeah. you've got? You've got Philadelphia. You've got. Um, Nashville, you've got NYCFC. I would say Nashville at the end. Well, Na- uh, Nashville is the same size. I- I'd put Nashville as the same size fish as the fire. I I actually don't. I mean, that's I mean, my hot take for this game or for or for this podcast. But um, I don't think they're any good either. But I also don't really think the fire are good. I think the fire are like. I think the fire are mediocre and Nashville is probably less mediocre or more mediocre than the fire, but they're still both like at similar levels. I don't think this fire team is very good because they haven't shown us that they're good. So the conclusion you have to draw is that they're just not good. So like Nashville's one thing we've, so yeah, the Fires finish up the season as we sort of transition without transitioning to the second part of the show, which is just schedule gazing. Uh, the last games that the Fire have are Philadelphia, Nashville, Minnesota, who's fifth in the Western Conference, and uh, New York City at home to end the season. The Union just put a beating on TFC this week. Uh, that that game... Did you go back and watch any of it? No, I, I heard about their 5-0-1. I, I did watch um, Philadelphia against the Revs and their draw against United. But I did okay. not get to watch... Um, the TFC game. Okay, so basically, it was that was the platonic ideal of Philadelphia Union soccer. Um, it was unbelievable. Uh, first of all, they have one of the best goalkeepers in the game in Andre Blake. Or in the game, in the league, in Andre Blake. So, there's that. Uh... Sergio Santos is very good. Jim Curtin is a very good manager. That's basically what I got from the the five one the five nil destruction of uh, TFC. You said you watched their other last two games. What were your sort of impressions of the Union? I guess I'm asking: Are they beatable? 
they're beatable if I don't know if VAR if goes, you know, sides with the fire. Um, I know we're going to do our score predictions later on, but I don't know. Stranger things have happened, but I don't think they're beatable. They're just too good. Um, the, w- that draw against the Red, or I believe it was DC United. Um, I think that was just DC United just counting their luck, but other than that, they were just dominant throughout the whole game. Yeah. So. Okay. So they're unbeatable. And I mean, I didn't expect the fire. Like this, this game is a game I've already written. Out. I, I, when the schedule came out, I remember writing this game off as an L. So I don't expect the fire to win. Um, I think that. I think if the fire do draw or win, it's because something stupid happens. Sure, like a red card early or something. A red card, VAR, or I don't know. Sure. Um, I'll say this as well. I think that the fire... Um only need to get five points to make the playoffs out of the last four games, which isn't a lot. I think five more points should do it because, like I said, uh, the teams below them I don't think are good. I think Inter-Miami's win over Orlando was a fluke. Um, and th- they have to play... Uh, they have to play Toronto and FC Dallas and Cincinnati actually might have a chance of beating them. Who knows? Um, now that they have both Higuaín's, anything's possible, I guess, but I don't see that. Um, I think the fire can beat Minnesota in Minnesota and I think they can beat Nashville in Nashville. So that would be six plus the points in New York is seven. So I think they, if they can get points against Nashville and uh, Minnesota, then I think the Fire are fine coming out of the playoffs. But um, as for you know tomorrow's game, I think that it, it's a loss. I'm gonna watch it because I have to. But if you're listening to this, I'm I'm sure you can find something else to do other than. You know, keep an eye on the Twitter in case something interesting happens and you want to turn it on. But I don't think you have to watch this game. Uh, actually, you know, barring tomorrow's game, I think the fire could come out with seven points for the last three games with Nashville, Minnesota. I, I think they're going to draw against Minnesota, but um, against NYC FC since they're not playing some dinky little baseball field. Um, sure. I think it's doable. Um, to be fair, when they played NYCFC, they played them at Red Bull Arena. So they didn't play at Yankee Stadium on a dinky little baseball field. So, But again, that was sort of when the fire were still trying to figure themselves out a little. Like they weren't, like they lost 3 to 1 in NYCFC. At Red Bull Arena, and they were, you know, sort of figuring themselves out. 
Um, the Nashville game is interesting because they played in the preseason. I'll talk a little bit because we won't have a podcast before then. Uh, the Fire did beat Nashville in Nashville. I think it was in Nashville. Uh, in the preseason, they won three to one. So that could be an interesting game. Uh, as far as that goes, they were supposed to play in the MLS's back tournament. We know how that went. Uh, they didn't. Uh, and uh, here we are. I I agree with you. I don't think Nashville's really any good. Uh, I think the recent results sort of betray the fact that they're playing a they're punching above their weight at the moment. If, but you know, if there's one game where something stupid will will happen, definitely it's going to be Nashville. I I foresee a Dax to a calm link up. Probably. Um, also, they do play Montreal tonight, and I don't know how I want that game to finish. Um, Montreal and Nashville are 8 and 9, 23 and 25 points. I think I want to draw tonight. I'm not entirely sure. They're going to um, both lose. <laughs> Somehow. Can they both? I don't think they can both lose. I think the best outcome is a draw, and barring that, a Nashville win because that keeps Montreal if, in touch. If United did not get penalized for that sub, then they will both, like, I don't know, anything can happen to MLS at this point. That's fair. So, but, um, you know, Montreal had that really good run for a brief moment, and then they started crumbling again. So, I it's gonna be hard. This whole season's hard to predict. Yeah, like I I keep wanting to call it a wash, but I can't quite do it. I keep wanting to say this season doesn't matter because of the the virus and all, all that stuff, but it doesn't matter. But it does. But it does. That's the what, games are the games are recording. It. Yeah, the games are recording being recorded for posterity um and it matters um i think that's everything i want to talk about today as far as like that goes um do you have anything you want to bring up before we get on out of here um no um but it's Actually, I, I kind of do. Um, it's not yeah. match related though, but the the top the top five, or I should say, top six of the prem right now. That that's that's football heritage right there. I don't even know. I never look at the Premier League table until after Christmas. It's so no. I actually don't even know what the top. Six I know. Are. I know it doesn't matter until after Christmas, but it's just sort of refreshing seeing you know. Different, like different teams up there. Everton's in first place. What? Yeah, Everton, like, when's the last time you've seen like Villa? The last time they're in the top six was probably <laughs> 2012, I think. I know Kevin Egan's happy about Villa being in in third. Uh, Arsenal down in eleventh because they couldn't. 
Ugh. Uh, Leeds is sixth. Gross. Tottenham's fifth. Also gross. Um, yeah, this table's terrible, and I don't like it. I do like that Man United's in fifteenth. I like chaos, so everything's just just funny to me right now. And um, also, the, the the bottom three don't surprise me, being Burnley, Sheffield, and Fulham. I think Burnley and Sheffield they're gonna they're gonna claw their way out. It's gonna be West Brom, Brighton going down with Fulham. Yeah, probably. It's, it's my prediction. How did Arsenal? Arsenal, by the way, Arsenal and Leicester. Arsenal had like fifteen hundred chances and couldn't put them away, and no, lose Vardy. one to nothing. I hate Jamie Vardy. It's all that Red Bull. That racist bastard. Uh, anyway, that is it for this week's episode of the Northlot Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Northlot Pod. Email us northlotpodcast at gmail uh, you can catch us on iTunes and Google Play Podcasts. Uh, be sure to uh, comment and give us five stars, even though if you don't think we're worthy of it, it'll help us get better, I promise. That's how these things work. The more positive reviews we get, um, the better the podcast gets, because we feel better about doing it every week, and it's good. Uh, we're also on uh, all of the other um, popular uh, podcasts. I believe we're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, all that stuff. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, can we get some predictions, RJ, for the two games coming up this week? We've got Philadelphia and Nashville. 4-1. Uh, for tomorrow, um, to Philadelphia, to Philadelphia, yes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, 2 0 to the fire Saturday. So, I think that it's gonna be 3 0 to Philadelphia. I don't think the fire get a goal past Andre Blake, uh, and I think it's gonna be 2 1 to the fire Saturday against Nashville. Uh, that'll do it for us. We will see you next week, hopefully with some good fire news. By the way, our next podcast is coming out uh, Wednesday next week um, because we record. Usually we record Monday nights, um, but I won't be able to edit and put together the podcast on Tuesday because it'll, it is election day and I am election judging. So the podcast will come out on Wednesday next week. So, um, go vote. We apologize in advance for that. Also, go vote. See you next week. Bye.